You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which syndicates for the A-List online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and coming up I have a very influential guitarist. Part of his story we're able to share in this 15 or 20 minutes or so of conversation, it is Andy Gill, who performs in Gang of Four. The reason for the conversation is to promote Gang of Four's upcoming Tour of Australia, which is occurring in March of this year, that being 2019. So here we go. On the 20th of March, they're playing in Perth. Then on the 22nd at Sydney. On the 23rd, they're playing in Melbourne. And finally, we here in Brisbane get a show on the 24th because they're playing at the zoo. So let's have a listen to what Andy has to say. Here we go. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, well, look, it's um, needless to say, man, I've been a fan for a long time. Okay, so when yeah. the opportunity came up to have a chat, I was I was really, really happy and pleased. Because, yeah. um, God, who was I talking to? Mark Burgess from The Chameleons not too long ago. So we we do get uh, yeah. a lot of bands of your rilk coming down here these days. And uh, I spoke to Bez from Happy Mondays as well. So there's a lot of really mm. great British, iconic British artists that are coming down here these days. And it's such a great thing yeah. because when was when was the last time you were in Australia? Um, God, I've forgotten. Um, I know it was, you know, it feels like, uh, two or three years ago, but I'm sure it was a lot, lot yeah. longer. Yeah. Um, it's that's the way um, time goes. But um, yeah, no, we're, we're absolutely looking forward to to, to come to coming back. You know, um, mm. um, and it'll be. I think it's yeah, it's the first time in Australia for a new singer Jayla. Okay. Um, so you know, it's going to be a great experience for him. Yeah. Um, Thomas Thomas was playing bass last time we were there. Mm-hmm. Thomas has been playing bass for ten years. So I mean, obviously we're we're doing um, entertainment. Um, the because uh, it's forty years old um, mm-hmm. this year, um, but we're also playing things. The, the the new album is called Happy Now, and that's coming out in uh, March. And we'll be playing a few songs from that as well, and some stuff uh, from the intervening years. You know. Yeah, well, one of one of the probably my favourite cut of yours, um, and I've only just recently discovered this as I looked on Wikipedia. But don't fix what ain't broke. Was actually a chart, oh, yeah. was a chart success in the US. I didn't know that, but the, the, oh, yeah. one of the key reasons I liked it because I'm a bass player. It was mm. one of the first times within that sort of music that I'd really heard prominent bass. And mm-hmm. prominent bass, it actually reminded me a lot of the way Bernard Edwards from Chic approached his playing. And um, yeah. And I'm just reading here now that it was it was Gail Ann Dorsey who who played bass in there, but yeah. I actually thought it was you at the time. Right. What? You, right. Right. Because right. yeah. you're very in sync. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, uh, there's um, you know, Gang of Four has always been has always been really tight, you know, and that's it's mm. one of the um, um, you know, from from any era, it, you know, it's always really important that the, the drums and the bass and the guitar lock together. Um, and um, I mean, and Gail uh, is an you know, amazing instrumentalist, she's a brilliant bass player and, and guitarist. She's a brilliant bass player hmm. and, uh, you know, an extraordinary voice, of course, as well. Um, as anybody who's, who's heard, um, you know. Under the, pressure, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, with um, the Bowie years. Yeah. Was that you who who gave the introduction to David to for Gail? Uh, 
well, um, kind of. I mean, David, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he um, he was very very aware of her, and um, uh, so I, I think um, you know, Gail didn't have a choice really when um, when um, <laughs> when, uh, when when David picked up the phone. I think that was the done deal. Yeah. Well, actually, she. Um, I had a good chat. Um, to the bassist from Living Colour, okay, and he was right. offered something similar, I think, in the um, in the mid '80s. So I think it was, or maybe it was the late '80s. I think he might have played on a solo album. And uh, there's that story. It's out. This is public knowledge. It's in there. Uh, it's been spoken about on some some you know, videos on YouTube and all the rest of it by the band themselves. But I think. Um, Oh, no, it wasn't David. Sorry, it was bloody. I'm getting my bands mixed up. I'm getting my Rolling Stones right. and my David Bowie's mixed up. My apologies, God, that's a shocker. How can yeah, I get yeah, those yeah. two mixed up? Yeah, sorry. Mm. The whole point's redundant, so I'll just stop it right there. <laughs> I'll okay. stop it right there. But uh, look, <laughs> the other thing about your music, and I, I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that the bio actually talks about this, okay? But I specifically remember when I heard Block Party, and I thought, guys, come on, okay, this is pretty obvious what's going on here. You, there's, it's. Mm. It's. It seemed to me at the time like a. I'm not going to say a rip off because I think there is some a vein of originality through their music. But when you heard bands like Block Party and even to a lesser extent the guys in Fugazi come out with their music, could you hear? Mm. Could you hear? Could you actually hear yourself on that music? Was it really obvious to you as well as it was to someone like me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's. Um... I mean, it was a bit funny because um, Block Party, when they the first album came out, they they uh, you know journalists said, "Oh, have, um, you seem to be um, quite influenced by Gang of Four. and they came up with some sort of story that actually no, they weren't really aware of Gang of Four, but they had heard the record just as they were mixing their record or something. I don't know, um, uh, but I think Fugazi are fairly open about. Hmm. Uh, the, the gang of war influence but um there's there's a, a lot of it about basically hmm. well the other thing was um I, I didn't know this either until i was preparing for our conversation but you produced i believe or you you mixed or you had a lot to do with the first chili peppers album now i can hear as i think anybody who's a musician can hear a lot of your work in john frusciante's work but i had no idea that halil <clears throat> slovak I mean, it's obvious now that I might join the dots, but Hillel must have been um, a bit of a sponge when you were giving him advice or when you were talking to him in the studio. Is, is that the case or was it a bit well, different? Actually, what, what happened there, the, the, the lineup at that point um, was um, um, Jack Sherman was playing guitar on that first album, oh, right. not Hillel. Okay. People get this wrong, but it was um, it was Jack Sherman was playing guitar, and there was obviously Flea and Anthony, um, and um, yeah, no, no, I I I produced it, and um, yeah. it was quite an entertaining experience. Yeah, yeah. Did Flea still have his Australian accent at that time? Because you know he's born here. He's born in Melbourne. Yeah, no, I do. I do know. I think he's got a. 
I think he's got a house in Australia, doesn't he? I think. Uh, I think just quietly spends a lot of time here because he's he posted something recently where his grandmother unfortunately passed away, and it mentioned Melbourne, right. which is a suburb down there in Melbourne. I'm, I'm in Queensland, yeah. and so a couple of states yeah. away from me. But I, I think he must still spend a lot of time here. There were rumours that people would see him walking down the main street of Ulladulla from time to time, which is a on the yeah. south coast of New South Wales. Um, and, uh, and I think that was confirmed during a couple of Australian interviews when he said he had a holiday house there. So, I mean, you can understand, God, you'd, you'd want to get out of the rat race that is California from time to time. And what, a be- what better place to come yeah. than the south coast of New South Wales, especially if you've got no, family here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah um, yes, he talked about, you know, Australia. I, I remember at the time he talked about Australia. Um, and then when I met him more recently... Uh, in the, over the last ten years, he he, um, he gave he gave me an, uh, his number, and it was an it was an Australian number. There you go. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. Another another bassist that I think has been very strongly influenced by your work is um, David from the band Jesus Lizard, and I think you worked with yeah. them as well. So what was that? What was the album that you worked with those guys on? Um, it's called Blue. I think yeah, it's called Blue, um, and um, yeah, they're, they're great guys. You know, I, I loved working with them in Chicago hmm. um, and doing that album. Um, it was uh, yeah, a lot of fun, and and, um, um, and they're great, amazing live. Have you ever seen them live? I, I haven't. No, I thought they'd broken up actually, but um, go well, they to... did. But they've just recently, in the last six months, they've been doing a lot of playing actually. Okay. So uh, yeah. I don't know where I don't know where they've been playing, but uh, uh, yeah, I really like them. Dwayne, the, the guitarist. Oh, Dwayne Dennison, yeah, from Tomahawk yeah. as well. He was in, in that band as well. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. Well, I can hear your elements, echoes of your playing and his playing too. It's that. It's that. Let's get. All of let's get as much energy, and it's not. I was about to say sustain. It's not sustain. It's like the way I feel as though you've approached guitar playing is like every note's really important. So yeah. attack it and make sure that it makes a point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very hard. To, very hard to copy you, mate. I was just working with my band last night, and we're trying to get uh, the guitarist. He's a pretty good guitarist, by the way. But you know the song "New Sensation" by NXS. Yes. I. This is my own theory. I don't think Andrew Ferris played that. I could be completely wrong. I think it was Noel Rogers that did that because it's just it's. I'm a guitarist too, and it's too bloody hard to get on, to get right yeah. on. I've yeah. tried to play yeah. along to uh, some. You're, you're, you're probably right. I mean, you know, I mean, Noel Rogers is a phenomenal guitarist, and he can do the really difficult stuff that us mere mortals can't do. You know, um, hmm. so yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Well, your playing reminds me of his a little bit. You know, I can hear the I can yeah. hear the similarities. Is that is that a fair co- comparison? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, the 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 guitar stuff that I like, um, and that has kind of coloured the way I approach it, was primarily Hendrix. Because uh, you know, as as a as a young teenager, uh, I was all over Hendrix, and then um, but then the other but then there's the exact opposite. Which is that very, very tight, funky kind of stuff, like mm. on Stax Records with uh, Steve Cropper. Mm. Uh, you know that, and I think Steve Cropper is the uh, antecedent of Nile Rogers, um, which is that you know kind of knowing your chords and playing it in a really clipped, funky way. Um, 
so uh which is kind of the opposite of hendrix you know um but mm. both of those things both of those things are sort of important to me um the you know the 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 funky groove and the wild feedback stuff, you know, they, they both really have a, a path uh, to play for me. Where, where did you get your ideas for the rhythms and the grooves? Because it, it sounds like I'll place a bet and say that you didn't labor over it at all. It comes to you very naturally. It's just a part of your inner rhythm, but it sounds a lot like you spent tens of hours getting it right. Cause it's, mm. it's, it's perfect. Like when I listen to it as a musician and I think, what would I do anything? What would I do differently here? And don't get me wrong. I'm not that great a musician, but I often mm. critique music that way. Cause it's part of my job as an indie journalist to do that. But yeah. when I listen to your material, like with Niles, like with the guys in living color, I think I just leave it. It's actually all there. You've, mm. you've done everything that could be done given the, Given the, the 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 chords that you've chosen to carry mm. the melody, so just mm. yeah, it's it's pretty much it's it's. I feel the same way about Depeche Mode's music, especially their uh, their mid period. I call it around Ultra. They really got it right yeah. around there. But is that my, my comments about your music? Is that is that true? Is it all just very natural for you, or do you have to really work at it? Um, well, uh, I think it is fairly natural for me, and I do. I do very much think in a, in, in a, in a rhythmic kind of way, it's often the, it's often the starting point for something will be some kind of beat that, um, uh, and, and very often the, 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 the tracks that, uh, that I'm drawn to that from by other people, uh, are very often the more rhythmic kind of things. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, early days of gang of four, of course, um, you know, so I'd, I'd I'd be saying to to Hugo, um, well, you should put the put the snare on on the three and a half. Yes. Uh, yeah. Put, you know, put put the hi hat here. Put the open hi hat there, and he'd be like, "What the fuck do you know? What what? what why am I going to take direction from you?" So we'd um, we just argue it out. I mean, mm. he, I think left to his own devices, Hugo would do kind of straight rock beats, but I was determined that they would be uh for me it was like starting to write a new language you know i didn't want to take off the shelf drum beats um i wanted to work from the ground up and to very carefully place uh, different beats in different you know in, in wherever it was in the bar hmm. uh and so you know you got these uh you know but but i wanted it to be you know, a groove and, uh, and, and funky and to, uh, not just last. Yeah. A couple of, but, but to keep going through the song, you know, and that's what gives that kind of mesmerizing driving, uh, feel to it. You can dance to your music. I'm sure you've got that feedback plenty, but God, I, I know I've done it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you, I know exactly what you're saying about, Hit the open the snare on three three and three and a half. I I totally get that. God, I've tried to work with so many drummers and have those not that specific conversation, but yeah, work on the half beats. Actually, anticipate the beat. And on this bit here, you want to be slightly behind it, but slightly behind the beat. But because they're not, yeah. it's not I'm not a technical person, so I have to use I have to demonstrate it either get behind the kit myself and do it or or demonstrate it by being like using a lot of syncopation on the guitar or the bass to prove the point. But yeah, um, yeah, and I think maybe subconsciously I've taken a lot of that from you guys and from Chic, as well. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's hard it's hard to find musicians who really get that. I was talking to Ronnie Francois. You might have heard of him. He's a bassist. He's born born in the UK, but he was in a Australian band called Eurogliders. 
Yeah, yeah, fabulous bass player. Yeah, check out um, from to prove my my point. Uh, I had a conversation yeah. with him, and he was sort of laughing along with me because he knew what I was talking about. Similar what the conversation we're having here, but the song um, Heaven. He does it all by himself on the bass, where he's bringing the beat slightly forward with some of the um, some of the uh, the hammer ons that he's doing with the slapping and the popping right. of the bass, right. and it just brings the song to life. And that point was proven when many years later, the the singer of the band decided to re-record the track without any of that wonderful bass line, and the song fell apart. And right, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. It's this is really important emphasis on the cadence of the beat, and without it, the music just does not work doesn't work and, it, and it's something just to reiterate the point it's something that you yeah. understand intuitively yeah yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah 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 cool mate it's been i, I feel like i could talk for a lot longer I, I apologies for the uh for the mix up here but look it's uh it's a it's really thrilling to finally chat to you i've been listening to your music a long time as i've explained and i uh yeah i'll, I'll certainly i've got two kids these days so it's very hard to get out and watch bands <laughs> uh, <clears> on top of everything else but if there's a band i'm going to come and see mate it's you guys well, thanks very much. Thanks very much, and uh, I, I hope you can make it, um, despite the kids. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, and if you want to, if you want to chat anymore, like tomorrow, whatever, just get in touch with John. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, if 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 we don't, it's been good talking to you. No worries. Is is there any aspect of your career that that you don't feel has been covered, and you'd like to have a talk about? Because I've got a podcast series, and I do a lot of writing, and it gets syndicated and sent sent places. So if there's any aspects of your career that that haven't been covered, just let me know, mate. Um, we'll have a good chat about it. Yeah, I mean, possibly. You know, I mean, the 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 current album is kind of very fresh in my mind. Um, so if you wanted to talk about the current album, Happy Now. Happy now, uh, uh, pledge music. Yeah, I mean, there's, I've got a whole list of questions here I planned on asking, but it's yeah. uh, it's it's always hard for me when I because I've done almost 400 of these interviews now, and when I talk to an artist mm. who I've been directly influenced by, I tend to disregard mm. the questions and ask my own personal questions, like I've done. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the two the two look the two I think will be very well attended. By the way, there's a lot of serious musicians that are very much looking forward to you. Um, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure a lot of regular punters who just like rock and pop music are going to come along too. But I, I think you understand my point. You're 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 a, you're a mu- you're a musician yourself, and you're a band that really appeals to musicians. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. really true. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah. All right, mate. No worries. Thank you yeah, very much. So, um, yeah, yeah. If, you know, if if, if you want to. Uh... You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series, which syndicates for the A List online. My name is Andrew Mackay Smith, and that conversation featured guitarist extraordinaire Andy Gill from the outfit Gang of Four. Thank you so much for listening.